Welcome to Waiver Wired. I'm your host, Jen Piacenti. Joining me as always, Eddie Spaghetti. And uh, we got a lot of announcements to start the show off with. But first, I just want to say, hey, Eddie, you moved? I just, moved, yes. Yeah. It's uh, it's very brutal. I know you did the big move last year. Yeah. And we we're talking about that. It was my turn. Uh, only one year at the other apartment. So we moved uh, places to like a, a condo, townhome sort of thing. Nice. And I'm like... 10%, 15% move. It's just like the big stuff, just like a couch, like a place to sleep, place to watch TV, like one TV is hooked up. Um, so I had to make sure my like makeshift little recording area here, like a, a small table mm-hmm. and I'm plugged in, I'm hard lined to the internet. So, uh, I don't cut out. It's, oh man, I don't, I don't wish this upon my worst enemy. It's, it's brutal, but down the road, it'll be finished and I'll be quite happy, uh, being here. It'll be worth it. It's always worth it in the end. But like, I even just had to move a lot of furniture to storage this weekend and it was just brutal just doing that. But anyway, enough complaining. Um, But congratulations on your new place. I can see it right now. It looks like it's bigger. Yes. Yes. Uh, Bigger, more floors, more space, more outdoor space. Uh, A little bit of a neighborhood, not too far away from where I was, but I'm close enough to the water in uh, Los Angeles. So I'm very happy about that. So very pleased. Awesome. I'm excited for you. Um, I'm also excited for this podcast because yes. uh, this is the wide receiver episode and we have a lot to cover today and I hope we get to it all. If not, maybe this will end up being a two-part episode, but we have plenty of time. So we're going to take your questions. If you're listening to this, we're watching this right now, please um, jump in with your questions. This is your show. This is our show. If you have a specific keeper question, for instance, that's what we're here for. Um, so you can look us up on YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook. And of course, if you're watching us on Twitter, you can jump in there too. And uh, so, yeah, I want to start out with just a few more announcements. First of all, I want to say thank you to Buffalo Wild Wings, who is sponsoring our show. And you know, the truth is that draft parties, they're like family reunions, right? And I think we should all be having them. And we've all been in this COVID thing and Buffalo Wild Wings has been so awesome to like you know, offer this promotion in combination with waiver wired and extra points where you get this, (laughs) you you can have your draft party at Buffalo Wild Wings and you start off with this package where the person who came in last in your league has to eat six blazing hot Carolina Reaper wings. Um, And then if you put it on social media with the hashtag, what is the hashtag? Um, I have to figure out what the hashtag is. I'm going to find that out for you guys. Uh, Oh, blazing punishment. Yes. Then it could end up on the screen of every Buffalo Wild Wings across the nation. That's a lot of Buffalo Wild Wings. And I think it would be an amazing way to humiliate the person that came in last. And really, that's what this is all about, because that's what families would do. Right. There, there's so many good parts of this. Uh, again, like I, I totally agree with you. We love, we love the Buffalo Wild Wings family. It's, it's, it's a great thing to partner with them. Um, yeah, I mean, losing fantasy football is never good. No. So in this scenario, at least you get to eat the very tasty Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> wings. Uh, but the bad part is how hot they are, and then plus your picture, you know, oh, going yeah. out, making the rounds on social media. Everyone gets to make fun of you. It's never a good thing. So it's a little bit of yeah. like. You know, a win lose, but uh, you know, in the end, actually, if you're if you're doing any league involved with Buffalo Wild Wings, you are a winner. 
Well, most people win and they're offering half off all appetizers uh, when you do your draft party there. So like, hello, that's a huge win. Like anyway, I can't say any more great things about Buffalo Wild Wings, but I probably will uh, throughout this episode because they're awesome. But uh, second piece of news, and this is kind of exciting. Um, we are, since we're keeping, we're going to try to keep waiver wired uh, Thursday uh, at 4 p.m. Yes. And our reasoning for this is that's right before Thursday night games. And what we would like to do is offer to you live start sit <laughs> questions, right? So we'll do our regular pod. We'll talk about things that are going on. And then if you are like really having a decision, hey, who do I start tonight? Rondale Moore or Devonta Smith? You know, we'll go, oh, obviously it's Smith. It's a smash spot, whatever. We want to help you. So we're hoping that you will join us on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And we can help you make those tough lineup decisions right before they happen. So we are going to try to keep this time. If you guys like that idea, please let us know. If you, you know, if you don't like that idea, don't let us know because we don't care. This is what we're doing. And let me say, as a, a person who's also on the show and also produces it, you for thinking like, hey, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm working at this time. I can't always watch the live stream, although you can watch it later on. It's always going to live on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's going to live on our Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch channels. But if you're if you're a pod listener and audio only, I get that. Some people are. You're on the commute, whatever. Uh, don't worry. The pod is not going to be bombarded right. only with TNF stuff. There's going to be plenty of Absolutely. other stuff. We have so much to get to. We have the news. We have the Sunday games. We have the Monday games. Tons. We have all the listener questions, and I'm sure some of these listeners questions you're going to have players in your lineup in some of your leagues so don't worry it's not a strictly tnf only podcast there's there's going to be 98 percent other stuff going on hopefully it will inform all of your decisions for the weekend that's kind of the goal is that we'll set it up that way but you'll have the opportunity to kind of write in at the last minute if you're having a last minute debate and we will quick it will be a quick answer i'm going to just give you like one word answer and we're going to go with it but um so thursdays uh mark your calendars because when the football season comes that's going to be lots and lots of fun. Um, all right. Tons of news, right? So we always start up with news because that is important. Um, number one, biggest news, of course, of the day, Deshaun Watson, mm. 11 games. Again, you weren't drafting him probably. Uh, if you are, you're getting a few games out of him and he hasn't played football in years. So good luck. Um, don't take an early pick for him. I hope he's only a stash if you have him or someone that you had around that maybe you're keeping on your bench. But again, um, moral issues aside, whatever, just as a fantasy player, I don't think there's a lot of value there. Uh, Of course, the question mark is, does this mean Jimmy G's incoming? I don't know. But, you know, Jacoby Brissett can handle it. If he's only getting 11 games, you know, he's on 11. He's only got to do 11 games. They're obviously sticking with Deshaun. <laughs> yeah, they're, so. stick, they're sticking with him. And I guess, uh, Jen, I'll ask you this on behalf of the other listeners and people who may draft Browns players. Obviously, you know, you have uh, the running backs, you have some receivers there. Um, do you, when, when they go to him, unfortunately, uh, I guess it would be week 13 versus the Texans, which is right. uh, which is something else. But uh, do you do you see a spike in some of the players on the team? Like, should you target Browns not knowing you will get him? Or you think maybe just no. stay away from Cleveland entirely? Okay. <laughs> Look, I think that Nick Chubb has still got a lot of value and Kareem Hunt will too, assuming he stays. I'm sure he will. Um, Amari Cooper, we don't know. I mean, he's got fasciitis in his foot and we don't know what the chemistry will be. And, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, meh. I just don't think. And then suddenly you're going to have a quarterback come back who hasn't played professional football, who did not look good in his preseason game, right? And they're suddenly going to get a boost. No, I don't think you can do it. I would personally just take a wait and see approach to that team in general. 
And uh, this just may not be a great year for fantasy players. It, it will be along the waiver wire, right? As you get injuries and we see a guy that might have a good matchup, you can plug him in on the waiver wire. After all, the show is called Waiver Wired. So we'll keep you in the loop. But yeah, I'm just kind of staying away from them. Um, we talked about this last week, but Alvin Kamara, he may not see his suspension during this season. And so actually... That leads into one other thing I want to touch on. Uh, and that's, we talked last week about running backs. I just want to highlight seven running backs that have changed already since last week, either gone way up or way down in drafts just across the last week. Cause that's how quickly things are moving. And one of them is Alvin Kamara. So he was being drafted between like July 1st and last Thursday. Okay. He was being drafted as the 25th player off the board. He's gone up to number 18. And it makes sense why, right? This kid has never had fewer than 1,300 yards from scrimmage in his five NFL seasons. If he doesn't see a suspension this season, and then that's looking more and more likely, he could win you your league. So, you know, it's feeling more comfortable to take that risk. I, I'll chime in there. And I, w- I was so ready to, I texted you about this, Jen, with yeah. the, the Kamar news. And I was waiting for it to be like official, official. I know like reports say, I didn't want to post it like, hey, we said, you know, go after Kamara. And then he does get end up getting spent at least partial of the season. But uh, I did see some pushback to him when this thing kind of broke. Uh, you know, number one, obviously it's not Drew Brees anymore. It's Jameis Winston. Right. Uh, now Sean Payton's gone, you know, new head coach, new system. And then some people even attacking their offensive line, which I thought was system. supposed to be a good offensive line. But some people are now still afraid of Kamara. Me personally, just based on where he was going in drafts or may still go in some drafts that people don't buy into him. I still think there's enough value there. And again, the name of the game is value. I still think Kamara has some of that, especially if you're in like, you know, PPR leagues and stuff. He was still good with Jameis Winston. I went and looked and made sure on the games they played together. Um, So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, It sounds like we have a question on Twitter. Let's jump to that really quickly. Yeah, we do. Thanks for writing in uh, at uh, Marek Batowski. Again, folks, uh, if you type it in, I'll I'll get it on Twitter. All the rest of the comments, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, will show up on the screen here. But Marek is asking Jen, uh, George Pickens, the receiver from Georgia, obviously a stealer now, looks pretty good so far, training camp uh, preseason. Is he a steal in drafts? Uh, yeah, because you're getting him. I mean, I don't know what his ADP is, but he's definitely somebody I would take a late shot on. I was talking with the beat reporter actually in Pittsburgh last week, and he was saying Pickens looked awfully, awfully good. And the idea is that if Chase Claypool doesn't take that step forward, that that role will kind of go to Pickens. As we know, Juju is gone. So there is room for both of them to be productive, but it is possible that Pickens could even jump that depth chart a little bit. So, uh, again, as long as he's going, you know, round 15, 16, that's exactly what those rounds were for. And it's definitely, I, there's certainly better news about him than there is about even Romeo Dubs, uh, about, you know, a, a lot of the rookies. We didn't see Trey Burks really use the way we thought he would in the preseason. So, yeah, I like George Pickens. I think he's still a good value where he's going, and that means you're doing your homework. Yeah, Jen, I'll add to that, too, is, uh, you know, in college, Pickens was uh, a guy that he was a high recruit. He was great at Georgia, obviously dealt with some injury issues, which is why he kind of slid in the draft. And the Steelers ended up getting a, a steal on a guy who I think is going to have a, a great, you know, a fine career, the bare minimum. My issue is that with the quarterback carousel, you don't know who's going to be there. And there are those mouths to feed ahead of him. And uh, speaking of Pittsburgh beer parties, we just had Mark Aboli on minus three with Dave. And he was basically saying that, like, it's going to be Mitch Trubisky's job. 
But the problem is That's that we heard too. Kenny Pickett, you know, obviously playing at Pitt and now becoming a Steeler. It's like everyone in the state, in the stadium, the training, wherever they are, uh, Akersher in a few weeks, like they want Kenny Pickett in. Like they just want him in the minute that Mitch Trubisky throws an interception, they're going to be, you know, hounding for him. So what I don't love about, about Pickett, especially probably being what third or fourth in the depth chart, maybe is like, okay, so Mitch plays a few games and you switch to a rookie that just kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah, but I think where he's going, I mean, we should look up his ADP. I yeah, you could great. take a flyer for sure. I just, uh, he, he might be one of those guys that has like a monster game or two, and then a couple weeks goes by with zero catches. But I, I do think it, it, in terms of his career, or if you want to pick him and stash him in a keeper league, something like that, like I think he's going to have a lot of value down the road. It's a 60-second receiver off the board uh, in standard. So, yeah, I mean, certainly if he's going too high, um, you know, it's all about value um okay going back to our running backs the other big movers okay isaiah pacheco can we talk about the isaiah pacheco hype train okay so it looks like he's probably going to be an important part of the offense in that you know they had him in for one drive and then took him out with the first team and all this jazz uh patrick mahomes came out and said when you're big and fast you run a 4.337 uh, 40, 215 pounds, like everything about him looks good. But uh, his ADP has gone up so much. He was at 249, which is essentially not drafted. He's at 134 now. And I just want to caution everyone. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is still there. Obviously, he is underwhelmed and he's, you know, not been phenomenal. But you've still got Ronald Jones, who they brought in. You got Derek Gore. It's just it's getting to be a crowded backfield situation. Um, so, you know, maybe tap the brakes. It's starting to get a little high. Uh, 134 is getting a little high. It's probably still okay. Any higher, and I'm kind of hands off. I know there's been great highlights coming out of camp, but again, it's camp. It's camp. So. My thing with the Chiefs is I really want to see how much different this offense looks. Like, we were promised, like, hey, without Tyree Kill, it's going to be a new-look offense. We're going to run the ball more, do things differently. Last year, I was burned. It actually kind of ties into the name of our show, Waiver Wire. I was burned by taking uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in my, my league with my best friends from home. And actually, was just making they were making fun of me today about this. Like, my second-round pick, my, like, fourth, fifth, sixth, and eighth-round pick is all essentially useless. So, again, it shows you how important the Waiver Wire is because I still uh, made the championship game. But – uh, the Chiefs, like I, to me, it's like a wait and see kind of thing. Just because we were told one thing and I expect another. It's not like Andy Reid ever really loves to run the ball. He uses his running backs more um, and you know receiving patterns. So uh, it's good to be hyped about a, a Chiefs player. Obviously, they're dealing with a lot with uh, the loss of Tyree Kill. But for me, I'm I'm pretty skeptical uh, on a number of Chiefs, except for one, which we will get to later on in our show. Travis Kelsey. No, we're not talking about him. All right. Okay. This is going to be interesting because I am skeptical on all chiefs and you know, I'm going to go off on my chiefs thing again. Okay. uh, Other running backs that have moved Trey Sermon, who we discussed last week, has gone from 244 a week ago to 198. Now that means people are taking him in the last round of their draft. I like that pick. I understand a lot of people were burned, but that's because people had too high of expectations for Trey Sermon. They thought he was going to be the guy. Um, we, you know, my pal Amber Theo Harris was at 49ers camp last week and she said, you know, uh, Sermon was being used. He's been used in first team reps all this week, specifically in the red zone situations. And they're looking for that bigger body back to do those goal line carries. Jeff Wilson has bulked up. It looks like Jermichael Hasty might be the short 
you know, get the short end of the stick in this backfield. So there could be opportunity for Sermon and, you know, one or two injuries and boom, boom, boom. He, he could be moving up that depth chart. So as far as a late pick, I like that. Uh, James Robinson is the final one that has arisen that I want to mention. And that is because Doug Peterson said this morning that it looks like they're planning to have him for week one. And this is such a bummer for Travis Etienne truthers. I get it. But guys, we have never seen Travis Etienne take a snap in the NFL at all. I think he he may be incredible. But what we do know is that James Robinson can be and has been successful in NFL. And we know that Doug Peterson kind of likes to use a committee, right? So to me, this makes me like really shy away from Etienne where he's going because he's also going up the draft boards from pick 31 to pick 28. Mm. It's getting pretty rich. Whereas you can still get value on James Robinson, even at pick 126. I feel like there's only upside from there. And Travis Etienne can only disappoint from there. He's not going to be better than that. Um, that's I, drafting him at peak value. I'm totally with you on that. And, and ter- James Robinson, obviously got to be happy for him. He's been like the one bright spot of that organization. I love uh, him. While he's been down there, he's been so good. And he, he you know deserves to play. And it's just also a strange spot, though, because the one th- – fear you would have and I, I I'm with you I would draft James Robinson just for the value alone over ETN uh the one thing I do worry about is like one of those things where the you know the front office like hey we took this guy really early we want to yeah. have him play with his guy from Clemson Trevor Lawrence so force him into game so hope I mean we'll see how much power Doug Peterson has over that but uh for the where ETN's going and where James Robinson's going I mean uh, like you said hasn't taken a He's your RB four at yeah. pick 126 yep I mean, why not? Um, Okay, followers this week. (laughs) Now, I I infamously gave my bus pick of last year on Against All Odds as Antonio Gibson. Well, this year, it's looking really bad uh, for him recently. I actually think maybe he's about to become maybe a value. Um, But Gibson is gone from pick 59 to pick 70 just this week because we saw him uh, fumble on his second carry. Not sure why we were surprised about that because he fumbled like six times during the regular season last year. And then he was immediately benched. And Brian Robinson, the rookie, came in. Okay, third round pick. Uh, Brian Robinson, obviously some talent there, but... I'm not sure this necessarily means Antonio Gibson's completely out. Um, it is a, it is worrisome. Um, and you know why I worry about Antonio Gibson. I've told you this before. But the more he falls, the more interested I am in him. The real concern is that Antonio Gibson was seen taking special teams reps this week. That is concerning. And Brian Robinson was not. So Gibson falling from 59 to 70. I sort of wonder if the benching was just a teaching moment and like a tough love and making him do this as a teaching moment. I still think it's going to be a committee. But yeah, I don't think we're going to expect the same kind of numbers as last year. And remember, Jarek McKinnon is still there, too. So, you know, when when was the last time we've seen a player who was that impactful uh, go from what he was to then a special like a kick returner guy? I kind of think it's a teaching thing. Yeah, I kind of think it's like them being like, we're giving you tough love and that kind of thing. That's why I, I do think he should fall. I don't think Antonio Gibson, as you know, how well, you know how I feel about Antonio Gibson. Yeah. But there's going to be a point where I'm like, eh, I got to get some Antonio Gibson because now it's a value. It's all about value, right? Totally. How much? How much can you get back from where you're drafting him? Okay. It's, a, it's uh, just crazy though. Like the you know the Commanders are not in a position of uh, where they could be like, you know what, Antonio Gibson, you were good for us for a stretch, but now you're going to go to special teams. <laughs> like they very well could have a quarterback controversy by like week two, and they're gonna they're gonna start pulling this. So that's that's bizarre. But as a Giants fan, very happy. 
Your uh, Jada is uh, giving you some crap here on Twitter. It's it's pretty hilarious. Oh. She's she says she's gonna work on your head. Dave wants you to wear a headband, so they're gonna work on getting you a headband so we can match. Look, well, there's a lot would of craziness you wear, going on. I'll wear a headband. Can we get like a waiver wired headband? There, there, if only the people knew the craziness going on with the house, with the internet. We, well, I'm living oh, out of boxes, I, people. Like, please, I'm like, with you. I know it's so rough. Um, all right, two more running backs that have moved. And this is the wide receiver episode, so I promise we won't keep doing this, but it's important. Rashad Penny, last week, left uh, practice with a groin injury. This week, Kenneth Walker, we find out, is dealing with a hernia. So we went from, like, Pete Carroll being like, oh, no, Ken Walker is great. He can catch. He can pass block. All of this. So we're like, okay, maybe it's not Rashad Penny. We all got scared. But Penny's back at practice now. And now we know Kenneth Walker's nursing a groin injury. So my best case scenario for this is that they both kind of continue to fall. But they actually are going to be fine when the season starts. I mean, Penny's back at practice. They're continuing to, to really fall. Penny's at pick 95 now. Somebody has to run the backfield. I don't think it's Travis Homer or DJ Dallas. Of course it could be. It is going to be a bit of a mess there. There's no question about that. But um, I'm kind of like a Rashad Penny even more, um, despite the fact that he already has an Look, injury. Look, I don't want to keep patting myself in the back here, but two points. I mean, first it was the, the Kamara point. Then I said, I look, I, I like Kenneth Walker a lot. He was great in college. Now's not the time. Rashad Penny had a really strong end of last season, and I liked him a lot for a number of reasons. Like I said, Chris Carson's gone, and he can catch the ball, all the kind of things. So he hopefully heals up, that groin goes away. The hernia, I'm sure what the timetable is of that. Totally. So uh, I like like Rashad Penny a lot here. So keep listening to Waverwire people because we will give you gems like that. Melvin Gordon uh, has fallen from 106 to 112 after we gave him our seal of approval last week, and I love it. I'm scooping him up even more, friends. I am not afraid. This is total smoke. I'm sorry. Is it some kind of a news item that they want Javante Williams to be the guy? Well, duh. He's the young one. They gave Melvin Gordon a one-year contract. Of course they want him to be the guy. That doesn't mean that they're not going to use Melvin Gordon efficiently and especially for where he's going. Let him fall. You guys get off Melvin Gordon as much as you want because if I can grab him at pick 112, I'm doing it all day, every day. I still love Javante Williams, mm-hmm. but Melvin Gordon is not going away. And if anything, he's, he's going to be really on a mission now. Yeah, this is turning into a scenario where I'm with you, Jenna. I love the Javante Williams, too. But I think in terms of the value, Melvin Gordon is the guy. And his comments saying, like, oh, I, I guess they want it to be Javante's team. Smoke. It's like, I mean... Well, I, I, I probably smoke, but I wonder if there is I mean, some weirdness true, going on now where Melvin Gordon is like kind of pissed off and Javante Williams is like, you, you really mad about this? Uh, but, uh, I mean, yeah, if he's dropping in drafts, you got you to gotta scoop up Melvin Gordon because Javante Williams seems like with that coming out, he's going to go like super high. And uh, we, as we broke down the last week running back episode, the splits are as even as could be. Yeah, so uh, very interesting stuff. All right, let's just hit a few more waiver, uh, or sorry, some few more headlines. Zach Wilson had the knee surgery. Uh, of course, we're going to ask the question, how does that affect his wide receivers and the other weapons in the New York Jets offense? We'll get to that, but he's going to miss how many games are they saying now? Three? It's somewhere he can come back between weeks one and three, and it seems like they're just going to ride with Flacco until whenever Wilson come back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tyrod Taylor may get first team reps in practice for the Giants. And uh, Eddie Phyllis in on this 
neck surgery that Daniel Jones had. Isn't it funny how NFL teams operate? Like, this comes out, or I guess, you know, beat writers are at the practice because they see Tyrod Taylor doing first-team reps. So immediately I went on, you know, minus three extra points, and I was like, look, it's probably because Daniel Jones is a mobile quarterback, and Tyrod Taylor has to get, you know, he's first year in the team, has to get used to the weapons on the team. It it just makes sense. Like, now, obviously, if you're Patrick Mahomes, you're not sharing first-team reps, but Daniel Jones is not that. They don't have his option picked up for next year. Then a couple days go by, and then it comes out that, like, Oh, he had off-season neck surgery, by the way, but non non-football related. Now, say what how you want about da- say what you want about Daniel Jones' football. You know uh, how you know how talented he is, but he's a guy that does put in the work. I don't oh, see yeah. how this was not football related. Like the minute the season was over, that guy was down at like you know Duke, I think, with uh, Coach Cutcliffe there, like doing passes. He met up with I'm not sure what, what state, but he was with some Giants members uh, throwing balls in the offseason. So he's a guy putting in work. I would not be shocked if this was something, you know, it's stemming from the football-related injury. So now it kind of makes sense to me as to why Tyrod Taylor's taking first-team reps because, like, well, look, he had surgery, he's mobile. This actually could get pretty bad quickly. So, Can someone explain to me what kind of a neck surgery would not affect how you play football? Uh, uh, does he sleep? A biopsy, yeah. you had skin cancer. Yeah, I don't but, know. Uh, what, what about, I mean, I'm sorry, like even as a singer, as a mover, as a tennis player, as anything, if something's happening with my neck, you, your whole body starts with your neck, you lead with your head. Like what, how is it not, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Look, I, I, there's a cautionary thing. It's great that Tyrod's <laughs> getting used to them, and I, I hope that Jones is as all healthy as could be. And I think he's going to have. I think all all this whole blue about you know Taylor taking the first team reps and oh they look so bad in training camp and like I think he's going to have an okay season. I think he's going to be he he won't be the reason why the Giants are you know a mediocre team. I, I think he'll be he'll do what he's asked to do. That's, I agree. That's my I'm, take on that. I'm not that concerned about Daniel Jones as a quarterback. I'm concerned about the whole package of it. Yes. Um, Baker Mayfield expected to be named one week one starter. Not really news, I don't think. Nicole Hardman left practice on a cart with an apparent groin injury. However, the most recent reports are that it's just a spasm. No big deal. He'll be back in a few days. So if you were really, if Nicole Hardman was the guy that your roulette wheel landed on as far as wide receivers, you're fine. Um, James Robinson, we talked about, um, and then, and we got to talk about the Aaron Rodgers wide receiver rant because it's the wide receiver episode. He's not happy with his freshmen, with his rookies. So a lot of Christian Watson love up front. Um, he's not very happy with how it's going. And, and I imagine it's tough after being with someone like Devontae Adams for so long. And, and now, you know, it's, it's an interesting group and that, adds more fuel to my idea that we talked about last week mm-hmm. that Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon yes. are both going to be very big pieces of this offense. And Aaron Jones may become a big receiving weapon in PPR leagues. I really, really like him. I've still been battling in my head, like which side do I believe in? Do I think like, man, like the Packers really should run out of their way and got uh, a more high end receiver for, for Aaron Rodgers, Or do I think on the other side of like, well, throughout his career, he hasn't really been given those kind of guys, maybe outside of Devontae Adams, who was still a mid round pick out of Fresno, but, uh, and he kind of created these, these players. So maybe the Packers organization is like, well, he's done it before he could do it again. But I think in this stage of his career, he's clearly still, you know, hanging around with this team to win a Super Bowl because it probably gives him the best chance. I still think that was probably the biggest, uh, error 
of the offseason was the Packers letting Adams go, which I guess they knew he was going to leave, and Aaron Rodgers knew that too. But to not bring in somebody, uh, obviously not on the Adams level, but somebody who's a you know a B, B-plus receiver, to me, is very bizarre. Uh, and I, I like Alan Lazard a lot for, for those reasons because he's like just the only guy left. Um, but I'm also with you too. I do think this team, maybe like the Chiefs are supposedly doing as well, they may become more of a run-heavy team to not rely all on the quarterback. But very strange offseason for Green Bay. Very strange offseason for Green Bay, but what's new, right? I mean, look how they handle their drafts every year. Bizarre. It's like, yeah. it's bizarre. Somehow they still end up okay. So uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. All right, let's jump into this gigantic task of going through the wide receivers. And what we're doing is we're just kind of stopping at the top and we're, we're stopping, we're starting at the top and going down and kind of stopping and highlighting certain people we want to emphasize. So uh, number one, going off the board right now, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, a pretty much unanimous first round pick. Do I think he's going to be able to repeat the season he did last year? no. But do I think he's going to stink? No. I mean, he's still going to give you first round return is is my thought. I do think defenses will have been able to plan for him a little bit, but he's still incredible. He's got it going into his second year with Matt Stafford. So I am totally cool with him being the number one player off the board. Justin Jefferson's the number two. If I were going to pick who finishes wide receiver one this year, I would pick Justin Jefferson. I actually agree with that. When we were going, when I was, you know, looking at different tiers of where people have receivers. What's funny too about Cooper Cup is like I figured this year probably would have been the year with the with Matt Severn, his second year with him, got used to more comfortable that he would have like really spiked. Uh, but obviously he did that last year, and it's just really hard to like come back. Like you really, better unless you break records again, um, which is possible. But it's, it's possible. like it's it's never it it just never really trends that way. And I, I'm with you, Justin Jefferson. Uh, he looks like I mean this this receiving group we have in the NFL right now is unreal so good and, so uh, I think Justin Carney, Jefferson gets Kevin O'Connell who was, was partially Rams, responsible yeah. for Cooper Cup's exactly. breakout season right yeah, yeah. so and you got Justin Jefferson looking hungry they're going to be running three wide sets there uh, we'll talk more about the Vikings as we go along but I really like Justin Jefferson this year he's just so incredibly yeah, good and I'm with you I'm not a Cousins hater so I think Justin Jefferson's in Mm-mm. for another huge season Mm-mm. Yeah. Jamar Chase is going off the board at number three. No arguments for me there. Uh, Devontae Adams, number four. You know, previously he was the number one wide receiver. I think that's about the right place. Uh, number four. Um, maybe Stefan Diggs will be better, though, because we've seen more chemistry between Diggs and Allen. So maybe some people might want to flip those two. Number six, CD Lamb. This one makes a ton of sense to me. There are so many vacated targets in Dallas. And Dak and CD have next door lockers. It's really cute. Yeah, I've seen CD Lamb go a little bit even higher than that in some places, and I'm I'm okay with that. I I hate to say it, Lamb could finish the top wide receiver. He really could. He really could. could. uh, You know, Amari Cooper gone and you know wasting away in Cleveland now, and like all the other targets, and and you know they have this running back thing where no one really believes in Zeke or Pollard. So let's just say they you know say Zeke isn't what he was, and that that Pollard isn't really the guy. It's like, well, what's going to happen? You're going to throw the ball to CD Lamb, and I I I think he's going to explode too. Let's talk about that draft class. Jerry Judy, who was expected to go first, uh, he is he didn't. Uh, obviously, Henry Ruggs did, and obviously that was a huge bust. Um, then Jerry Judy, then um, then C.D. Lamb, and uh, C.D. Lamb is the one that looks set up for the best situation. I think Jerry Judy is also going to have a very good this year with Russell Wilson there. Oh, sure. But we're going to talk about this. 
I think Corliss Sutton is the one if you're picking between the two. We'll get yes. there. Yes. Debo Samuels at number seven. Okay. Um, this one is really tricky for me. I have been telling most people to keep Debo Samuel because they have him value. For instance, I got him in like, I don't know, the 14th round last year in a league and he was a league winner. And it's hard to say don't love Debo Samuel, but there's a few things that give me pause. And the number one thing is Trey Lance, who did look really good in the preseason, Mm -hmm. but uh, 57.7% completion rate last year. He's, you know, he's still just a young quarterback. Debo Samuel uh, was used. A lot of his value came in those rushing touchdowns. Now there are incentives in his contract for doing that, but with a mobile quarterback, maybe you don't need to incentivize that as much because you can get that from Trey Lance. you got a big running back room. I don't know. I still think Debo Samuel is going to be very, very good. I think he has the potential to let us down. He, he, for my money, he's the hardest person to gauge, I think, in fantasy yeah, this offseason. really hard. Because if he's there and you have the pick, you're like, I have to get this guy. Because not only, like you said, rushing rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, but he's a receiver. But then the question marks come in. It's like, is he going to run as much? I know that was a big topic of the offseason with him, with his contract. And and then we were just talking about, too, like Trey Sermon's now back in the fold. Like, we, they drafted him last year, didn't really use him. Now he's back there. So they're adding running backs. We know they can run the ball really well with their running backs. And, and then with Trey Lance, a quarterback, he's a guy that's thrown, I think the stat was, I saw a couple of days ago on Twitter, like only like 500 or something, like career passing attempts through college. It's He's as green as possible you could be. So uh, to me, that's what scares me a little bit with him. But again, it's hard to be in, in a draft and have him there and pass him up because I don't know if I could do that. And I fully expect Debo to get off to a slow start because of his contract negotiations. He got a slow start in camp. Meanwhile, Brandon Ayuk... And um, Trey Lance were practicing together all offseason. And by the way, Brandon Ayuk is my pick for someone that could end up really mango habanero hot. He's going and pick like 94. Uh, That's the 41st wide receiver off the board. And he's the guy that has the chemistry this year with Trey Lance. They've been practicing together. Now it's easy to remember it poorly last year because he got off to such a tough start, but the second half of the season, Brandon Ayuk really came through and he's the guy making all the big plays in camp. He's got that beautiful wingspan. I think that Brandon Ayuk takes a big step forward this year from where he was drafted last year, but luckily you're getting that value of how people remember him from last year. So I really like Brandon Ayuk. Now there is a point it'll get too high. I think right now is the happy spot, 94, because I'm not totally high on Trey Sermon. But right now, I would rather pivot off Debo and get somebody else like a C.D. Lamb right there and then take my shot with Brandon Ayuk a bit later. I'm I'm totally with you on that. I think it, it's with young quarterbacks. You never really know with this this scheme they run there. With they, they try to you know run the ball as much as possible. Like again, like I said, one of the best running teams in the in the game. But with a quarterback who's only thrown 500 passes uh, in his entire career, and the thing is too, like why is that old saying like quarterbacks always rely on their tight ends? Like they want to rely on what's comfortable. Uh, Debo Sam with the contract stuff, and you know not really always in training camp. Whereas Ayuk is, uh, I'm with you there, Jen. I think he he could be a guy that uh, Trey Lance connects with. Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, All right, we are moving along down our list. And here we are with my potential bus pick. This is somebody who is still drafting like he's being drafted. This is somebody who is still being drafted like he's desert heat. But he's probably going to end up more like hot, 
right? He could be good. Uh, the answer is Tyree Kill. Now, here's what bothers me. I think we all know that Tyree Kill isn't going to be as good with Tua Tagovailoa as he was with Patrick Mahomes. But I don't think we've adjusted enough mm-hmm. because the way that we are projecting, we are projecting both Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill to be top 20 receivers. That's where they're going in drafts. So stop and think about that. What other two quarterbacks can support two projected wide receiver 20s? These are the two other quarterbacks people are projecting to be able to support two top 20 wide receivers. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Don't see how Tua's in here. Even Tom Brady isn't expected to support that. Um, You know, I I just, I don't see it. And my concern is that people will be concerned about Tyreek Hill. And you know what's going to happen. Jalen Waddell, who already has the long time chemistry with Tua, is actually going to be the value pick. I, I mean, it's actually hard to say because, you know, where he's going, it's a little bit of a concern. I think he's going 20th. Um, but you know, so there's a little, no, he's going 14th. I'm sorry. He's going 14th. So, so that means, okay. So this is where he is. Jalen Waddles of 14. Tyree kill is at eight. We expect to attack of Iloa to ex to support that kind of production from two wide receivers. I just think we need to all stop and pause and think about how that math just does not add up. Um, I would probably be more willing to take Waddle as the wide receiver. Uh, 14. Uh, I'm sorry to our listeners or viewers that this is boring podcast material. But again, Jen, I, I agree with you on this one just because, uh, you know, it's almost it's a shame, really, because Tyreek Hill could have been one of the all time great receivers. If he just stayed with Kansas City, I really think that they would have done some special stuff there. Um, he was the perfect receiver for what Patrick Mahomes does and vice versa. If you, you know, back in college in Alabama, to attack below was a more of a downfield throw. But again, it's a way different game. It's you're, you're playing at the best, the best on your own team in Alabama versus a lot of, you know, lesser competition. In the NFL, he hasn't been a vertical passer. He's been a lot more horizontal, uh, quicker stuff, which is why, again, Jalen Waddell, and plus you have the chemistry. But Jalen Waddell has been the guy that will eat up all those targets. Uh, I'm not sure really where Tyreek Hill factors in as much and where he's going in drafts is absolutely absurd. Like that is an easy 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 stay away from me so i 100 agree with you there how are tyree kill and jalen waddle who are going at 8 and 14 going higher off the board than keenan allen who's going at 11 so behind and mike williams at 18 yet I, justin herbert is the guy that we're projecting to probably finish number one in passing yards it just it just it just doesn't make sense and i understand that this is all about perception like we love Jalen waddle we think he's awesome but maybe waddle should also have gone down too, right? Probably, I, it's yeah. just weird. It's just weird to me. It, it yeah. just doesn't make sense. Sometimes, uh, you know, fantasy can be difficult at points, but sometimes if you just watch the games, you can kind of figure stuff out for yourself. And it just, the, it does not, like, w- why is Tua in the news every day, by the way? Him and, and Hill and, and like the, their new head coach, like every day is a new, like, quote from somebody about Tua's ball, like how he throws, how easy it is to catch. It's That, to me, is never a good sign. Because, again, the I best kind of quarterbacks in the league, you never, ever hear that. You never you hear to, that. You don't need to hear the play-by-play. Have we heard anything about, uh, like, Joe Burrow, like, when, you know, when he's, when he, when he's healthy and passive. You don't hear anything about that. You don't think about, Herber, about, Dak. about Mahomes, Dak, any of those guys, Rod. No, it's just like with Tua, it's like it, it, they're trying to make us believe this, like force feed us this. Uh, and I get Tyreek Hill wanted the money, you know, no qualms there if he wanted to do that. But uh, I just don't think he's he's a guy that he's going so high and he's not going to give the return you expect. He's not going to be what we saw. He's not going to be wearing the red jersey number 10 anymore. It's a way, way different Tyreek Hill. 
After Tyree Kill comes Mike Evans. Uh, we know why Mike Evans is here because he is the favorite awesome. red zone target of Tom Brady and he's healthy right now. He had pulled up on his hamstring a little bit ago, but that's fine. Uh, Next up is AJ Brown, who everyone is expecting to somehow uh, have a monster season. I kind of think it's going to be lateral. He's going from a run first offense to a run first offense uh, with a less accurate quarterback. Um, But there does seem to be decent chemistry between the two. But here's what's really interesting. In the last six hours, if you go to Twitter, guess who's all over? Devonta Smith. Suddenly he's got this nickname, Casper. Uh, You know, like, again... Maybe this is going to end up being a Devonta Smith season because everybody's so worried about A.J. Brown. So uh, just, a, just a caution there on A.J. Brown. Keenan Allen is going after all the above mentioned players. And Keenan Allen, to me, is one of the most reliable players. So maybe he won't give you these gigantic big games, a la Mike Williams. Um, but he's going to give you enough points every week to help you win your week. So that's one thing I do look for is consistency. Um, because it's, it's actually the same issue I have with drafting Patrick Mahomes so high because he doesn't have a lot of chemistry yet with these receivers and we don't know how he'll be. There could be some real duds in there. And even though he can finish the season as the QB three or four, probably in total points, he could lose you weeks. Uh, because he's not putting enough points. Whereas someone that's kind of boring, like a Kirk Cousins, might just give you that steady floor that you can count on to make sure you win your weeks. Because it's not just about total points. It's about matchups. So you have to think, each week I want to have this amount of floor. You can't only play ceiling because then you have to guess exactly right every week which guy's going to go off on the ceiling. And you have to think about that when you're drafting. Keenan Allen is such a great value there. And right after Keenan Allen, Allen is T. Higgins, who had over a thousand yards as well last season. So I love those guys. Michael Pittman is next. He's the clear number one in that mm-hmm. offense. Uh, there are late shots I would take. We'll talk about that. Probably not in this episode because it's already four forty-five. Um, but Alec Pierce um, and uh, Paris; uh, these are people that you want to think about. Yeah, to, um, to, to jump into that group, uh, some of the names I love. I mean, uh, Mike, Mike Evans, like you said, healthy. If Tom Brady does come back, knock on wood, uh, hopefully, you know, he ends his vacation soon, comes back there. But besides being in the red zone target, he is really the only standing body. I'm not sure if I really buy in Julio Jones. Uh, love Michael Pittman. If you read Twitter, which you should probably stay away from if you're doing this fantasy thing because it could fool you. But if you want to buy into any of that at all, he's been dominating training camp. And I think having Matt Ryan there, obviously, he's going to, you know, he could put up career numbers with that if Matt Ryan has some juice left in the tank. So, so I really love Michael Pittman. The one guy, and I'm with you on Keenan Allen, I would draft him over AJ Brown. Um, and the Charge receivers definitely. And uh, the, the AJ Brown thing, and, you know, I've, I've spoken kindly enough about some NFC East teams that are not the Giants. So, uh, it's my turn to make fun of one. I just don't buy AJ Brown whatsoever in this. I don't buy Jalen Hurts as a passer. I understand people, all the fantasy insiders love Jalen Hurts this year for the Valley because he could run. Um, I think there's a reason why there's there was a lot of skepticism in this offseason, early on the offseason, about his future with the team. Uh, I don't think that Nick Sirianni wearing the you know Jalen Hurts T-shirts and AJ Brown having to like tweet about that he's actually a good quarterback. That's a bad sign to me because you don't do that if the quarterback actually is fine. And um, they were, especially the second half of last season, the Eagles, like you said, for a run first team, heavy run first team. They drafted Devontae Smith very early. They still have Dallas Goddard. Like, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. I just don't think where A.J. Brown's going is a smart play. 
And that basically rounds out your wide receiver ones. Uh, Michael Pittman is going as wide receiver 13. Um, so he's on the cusp. Uh, and I love it. I'm with you with AJ Brown. I feel like he's more likely to bust. Um, then we pick up a Jalen Waddle, who we discussed as a wide receiver too. Deontay Johnson. I have concerns about Deontay Johnson for the reasons Same. that you have concerns about George Pickens. Mm-hmm. But my concern is that you have to draft Deontay Johnson so my high. Yeah. Um, so I'm, and he drops the ball a lot. I mean, then he just yeah. signed an, he signed a contract extension too. So he got his money. Yeah. Something to worry uh, about. He doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, he's not better than himself. Uh, he's the bank's doing fine. Next up, DJ Moore. I'm kind of into DJ Moore because this guy seems to be sort of quarterback proof. He just doesn't matter how crappy the QB is. He finishes with a thousand yards. Um, and I think it's only going to get, Maybe a little better with Baker Mayfield. As I, do. I don't like yeah. Baker Mayfield. I think it's better for DJ Moore. Yeah, I, I think Baker. I mean, he like he's, he is quarterback proof, um, but clearly Donald is just not fit for an NF, to be an NFL quarterback. And I think Baker ha- has shown enough promise where it's like, especially last year with the injury. I think Baker will be okay, and I think DJ Moore. I would not be afraid to draft him where he's going, especially if he slides a little bit. If he slides a little bit, you're going to get great value. Terry McLaurin is up next. He's the clear alpha receiver uh, for Carson Wentz. I don't know how exciting that is, but again, McLaurin's so talented. It's kind of hard to, you know, fade him. But again, I haven't found an opportunity yet to take him. Just my builds haven't worked out. I don't have enough faith in that system. Mike Williams is next. Um, Love Mike Williams. The Mm -hmm. only issue I have with Mike Williams is what I referred to last time. He tends to pop off for really big games and then kind of, go silent. And that can be very frustrating. So you have to know that that's probably what's coming. You're going to have some frustrating moments. He's not going to give you that steady floor. He's the big, deep threat that Justin Herbert Herbert will definitely use and is very successful with. But game script won't always call for Mike Williams. A lot of times it's going to be Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler, things like that. So, um, you know, just... I still love Mike Williams there. After that DK Metcalf, and I just can't do it. I just can't. I don't care if DK Metcalf started working out when he was four years old. Um, I can't do it. <laughs> there, with with what Pete Carroll just said, too, about uh, Drew Locke, who unfortunately had COVID and, and he was supposed to play in the preseason game, couldn't do it. And Pete Carroll comes out and says, like, well, this is a huge missed opportunity. It was, you know, it was his turn, uh, his time to shine there. Which I don't know if I read that as like, oh, this is clearly Geno Smith's job. We're going to give you one last chance, or it's like Geno Smith is not good. Can you please be healthy enough to play quarterback so we have something to trot out there? Uh, not a good time right now over Seattle. So I'm, I'm kind of with you again. Like these guys have to slide a lot for it to be worth it because it seems like Seattle right now is struggling at the quarterback position. Yeah, they're struggling all around. Oh, Seattle. Okay, next up, Cortland Sutton. Love him. Love. Yes. No, Patrick, um, add Russell Wilson. That's all I need to say. It's going to be good. That's it. And Russell Wilson's got an incredible deep ball. Um, and, so. don't be afraid, and don't be afraid of the duo receiver either, too, for you know people listening. Like, he, he's dealt with Russell Wilson's use of that. He had DK Metcalf, had Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. He could always do that. So, I know you're like, oh, Jerry Judy, it's fine. Like, most times uh, NFL teams trot out three receivers, four receivers at the same time, uh, you know, 85% of the snaps on offense. So, it's going to be okay. 
Allen Robinson's next. Um, I think it is entirely likely that he does see his career revived when he actually has a competent and excellent quarterback, assuming that quarterback's elbow is okay. Um, I'm excited to see Allen Robinson in this offense. You know, people are going to be worried about Cooper Cup. Uh, There's no OBJ. There's no Robert Woods. Van Jefferson could also be someone you like late. I like him late. But Allen Robinson's set up for a good situation. I think, I know last year he lost a step. I think he has something to prove this year and he's given, you know, just like OBJ, OBJ looked great once he got to Sean McVay's team, right? Yep. He He didn't just lose it. Like we're like, okay, maybe he's lost it. Nah, maybe it was just the situation. So I like it for Allen Robinson. And then we got to land on Amon Ross St. Brown. And this is where we're going to stop. And we're going to talk about that hard Hard episode. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he, he he was a guy that like in college I was aware of because his brother uh, played at Notre Dame. I'm a Notre Dame right. fan, so I was aware of him. He played at the rival USC. He probably did go later in the draft than he should have. Uh, and I, this is the part where you're not supposed to buy into it. I just said don't read too much right. about tweets and training camp. But there is something about him, and not even the working out stuff, just him rattling off those uh, those receivers that don't perform. And some players have done this. I know um, Reese Jones-Drew famously used to come on our shows all the time, and he used to always re- read the guys who went before him. It's why he wore 32, because all 32 teams passed on him, including the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love guys that have the chip in their shoulder. But he named, like, 15 receivers, and he was just, like, the most robotic, laser-focused like guy. Cold. Like, stone-cold killer. He's stone like, I'm, I'm, I catch 202 balls after every practice. Um, when he was working out with his brother and his dad, he didn't even speak to them. This, and he and it, broke and he broke Detroit Lions records. Like, we'll talk about football now. He broke Detroit Lions records. I know you could be scared about Jared Goff. He doesn't have Sean McVay, you know, telegraphing where the ball has to go. But I feel like Dan Campbell did a pretty good job of building a, a competent coaching staff uh, around him that can get the ball there. And, and plus, defenses have to be really afraid of, of how good their backfield is, obviously, with DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams. So I, I think, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have a, a, a pretty good year. And I'm not saying it's because of the hard knocks. I'm saying it because of what type of guy he is that we could see kind of through the vessel of hard knocks. But yeah, that is the thing about the hard next. I really don't think that was a super contrived story this no, time because no. you watch like he's obviously someone that's been driven his entire life. And you went back and saw the home footage of his father, who is a two time Mr. Universe training them since they were kids. They don't talk to each other when they train the brothers. Um, their dad tells them they're going soft if they drink water like they have been. They have learned mental and physical discipline and you look at him catching the balls from the jug machine and you know the story of course like he saw someone with great hands he found out he did 200 so he made his number 202 because he wants to be one percent better I love everything about that because he's got the fire in him and the other thing was hilarious to me was his dad out there calling out KD for his you know not doing calf calf raises and getting injured and so as a fantasy manager I'm like oh my gosh, his father is training him to make sure he's not going to get injured. Of course, anybody can freakishly get injured. It's a really rough game, but he might be in a better spot to not come back with injury. And so coming back to Hinch's question, which is who to keep, Uh a Monroe St. Brown or Elijah Moore, it was really tricky because they both have major upside and they both basically took off second half of the season. Mm-hmm. My concern with the mom, Ross St. Brown is he had a 33% target share through those last few games, but there was no TJ Hawkinson. Um, and there was no DeAndre Swift this year. We're going to have Hawk back Swift back plus 
DJ Chark. Mm. Plus, Josh Reynolds was looking pretty good in Hard Knocks, too. Yeah. So, um, I'm just, uh, there just might be a little bit less opportunity, whereas Elijah Moore is pretty much the clear number one guy, and we saw him be good with Joe Flacco. So, I hate to say it, if I had to pick, I'd probably go with Elijah Moore, um, but... Honestly, I think Amon Ross St. Brown has a higher ceiling if they let him take over. That's okay. So this is the first time, 50 minutes in, first time listeners, viewers, uh, where me and Jen, I guess, uh, differed on something. But you're the expert. I kind of decided that if Zach Wilson does miss, let's just say, three weeks and he's slow to get back, uh, you know, your starting quarterback being out in fantasy every week does matter in these playoff battles. Whereas I feel like Amon, Saint, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, at least, you know, number one, he's, he's going to do what he can to keep his body healthy. He seems like a guy that won't let minor injuries keep him out. Um, I definitely, he's definitely a guy that will study the, the crap out of his playbook. So at least Jared Goff could trust him that he knows the routes won't mess up play calls because that does bug receivers, I mean, uh, quarterbacks all the time. So those couple things that you can see through watching hard knocks you like. And then just because somebody, you know, on this lines, uh, you know, receiving core has to be the standout and they do add bodies there. I know Josh Reynolds, big body too. You got to be afraid of the, him stealing targets and GJ Shark. We saw a couple years back in the Jaguars was a very productive receiver. So there are some, uh, causes of concern there. Andre Swift, TJ Hawkinson. Something about the the Jets, though, and this is a, a, maybe a lame statement, is like going back to the same old Jets thing, like seeing Becton go down and then seeing Zach Wilson get hurt. I'm like, yeah, well, and people, a lot of people, a lot of money was coming in, like Jets over, people are, you know, betting on them to, to go over their win total. And now I'm like, yeah, probably, probably spoke too soon. Maybe the lines won't be as bad as we think because there is a lot of money coming on them, too. So uh, my, what I told Hench basically was that if you want the upside, I think that I'm on Ross St. Brown would be it but uh, I do see where you're coming from with Elijah Moore. Oh, I'm on Ross St. Brown does have more upside I think but I think Elijah Moore might have more of a floor. Oh, the consistency guy was saying yeah. Yes because he is the clear number one and I don't think he'll have to share as much that being and uh, if Joe Flacco does start the season I think that's good for Elijah Moore because one of his biggest games is actually with Flacco so that part doesn't concern me um, so it is that is a really tricky question I'm sorry that we didn't help you at all. Um, it is pretty I really I prefer Amon Ross St. Brown because I want him on my teams because I want to root for him and if you have him as a keeper right now he maybe even try to trade him because you can probably get so much value he's going to be shooting up these boards oh, yeah. so good absolutely um, next guy up just rounding out let's just do the next couple and then we'll probably just wrap because mm-hmm. we can't possibly get through this list and that will finish out the wide receiver twos and then we can pick up next week maybe with wide receiver threes and fours maybe we'll combine it with tight ends um, so Brandon Cooks uh, again just a consistent receiver and again doesn't seem to matter who his quarterback is entering his second year um, with Davis Mills and then on the bubble here Gabe Davis who reports are that uh, out of camp again these camp reports you can't eh, but there's no reason that Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis won't be on the field for 90 percent of snaps so if that is the case and if Josh Allen is to repeat for the third year in a row as the QB1 you probably want to target Gabe Davis, uh, who's going around pick number 25. Um, next, of course, will be Jerry Judy, and that will start the next group that we will go into next week because there is so much value here. I'm looking, oh, I'm looking, and this middle round is where I really like to pound wide receiver. Um, I think there's so much, Rashad 
Bateman, Adam Thielen. I'm going to talk about Adam Thielen, Devonta Smith, Christian Kirk, Brandon Ayuk. There's so much cool talent down here, guys. Um, this is when it gets really fun. I get I, super nerdy and excited. No, totally agree with you, Jen. This is, the, you know, just from uh, us doing leagues and, and just from doing the show last year and just remembering all the, the, the questions and comments we got. Like, this is the part of the draft where it really could win you leagues. If you hit on these picks here, these receivers who somehow find a lot of playing time, find a lot yeah, of targets. Right three, right the, receiver four. And then you're like, great, they're a lot, my a guy I you drafted maybe as a wide receiver three, four, five in that range, all of a sudden is producing as a wide receiver two or one. Like, that can win you a league. That can get you a playoff berth. So this 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 episode upcoming, because, like, look, we did quarterbacks, we did running backs. Quarterbacks, there's plenty to go around. Running backs is a handful of really high-end ones. Receiver is really where you could win your leagues here. There's so many good receivers in this part of the draft, so it's going to be a must-listen. So many. So we'll finish that up next week, and maybe we'll try tight ends, or maybe we'll give tight ends their own episode. We'll see how we do. Um, in the meantime, you can send us questions at Extra Points Pod, at Jen Piacenti, at Edward L. Murphy. Um, and don't forget to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and book your draft party. Or you can even bring your draft party home. They have draft party packages. So if you want to do it at your house, you can just, or if you just want to have one. Say you're having a draft party and tune into our uh, live stream and make that your draft party and get a whole bunch of wings. You could do that. That'd be fun. I fully expect every waiver wired viewer with the exciting announcement that we will be uh, on the hour before Thursday night <laughs> football. You better order your Buffalo Wild Wings, have them all set up, ready to go. Uh, watch us. We will tell you who to start to sit, and we will answer the other questions that we're uh, week in, week out here. So yep. that's that's your homework, listeners of the show. We'll, ta- we'll talk waiver, we'll talk news, we'll talk everything, we'll talk uh, start sits for the whole weekend. Uh, and a lot of times when people ask their start sit questions, it helps answer yours. And that's what I always yeah. think about. Somebody else has that, somebody else has a question too about Amon Ross St. Brown or Elijah Moore, which we probably didn't help that much with. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm such a sucker for that hard knocks. I have to keep telling my, that's why I'm just like trying to temper my expectations. I got so excited. Yeah. Watching him. There, look, there's, there is definitely some truth in it. And uh, I, I think as long as we know that uh, it is HBO kind of uh, curating a, a storyline. But I, I do think weirdly, like we, you did mention that he is one guy that was like storyline proof. Like he just seems like he was put on earth to play football and succeed at that. Does. So I think he's he's going to be fine. Yeah. And all those remember all those videos of DK Metcalf when he was a kid lifting yeah. weights? Yeah. I've forgotten it's all I'm on raw now. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, sorry, I, DK, your old news. Another, another, another shock of the offseason that DK Metcalf wasn't moved. I thought he would be a guy. I mean, like, you know, I said the Packers need to make a splash. Like, the Packers should have went after DK Metcalf because I can tell you about oh next can you year. Imagine? Too, if there's no, if there's no quarterback there, why are you going to waste the guy? Like, you're, you can't waste talent like that. It's too bad. Yeah. Seahawks are a mess. Um, but hopefully Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker will still be okay for you because they continue to fall in fantasy drafts. So as long as they continue to fall, go ahead and scoop up that value because you're not really losing anything. There's not a lot of risk. There's only upside. And that's what this is about. Uh, figuring out how to get the value, get the upside to assemble a winning team. A lot of times you can read player profiles and understand how good they are and all of that. And these players are great. But then I see people actually build their teams. And this includes other experts build their teams. They don't know how to assemble the team. They don't know how to piece it together to make it work, even though they have some good players and they're very smart and they know a lot. So it's really about targeting that value because then you're always getting a little bit more. And sometimes your team will even look a little boring when that happens. But you know, what's not boring 
is winning a gigantic trophy and being able to brag to all your friends. So that's what we're here to do. And uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in and hope you give us a follow. Uh, Follow this podcast right now. Follow the Money Grab feed. Follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. And we will catch you next Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come with your questions because we're going to come with answers. We'll see you then. Thank you.